Welcome to Sermons from St. David's, a ministry of St. David's Episcopal Church in Southfield, Michigan. It's a chance for us to share a good word of challenge, inspiration, and hope as we walk the journey of faith together. You're welcome to join us on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for live in-person worship. You can also join our 10 a.m. Eucharist via Zoom. Just go to our website for the meeting ID and password at stdavidssf.org. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Show me the money. <laughs> you all remember the movie, Jerry Maguire? Mm -hmm. That was with Cuba Gooding Jr. as a football player unhappy with his agent, Mr. Tom Cruise. And he says, show me the money if you want to continue to be my agent. So I ask everyone here today, how much is enough? I remember a while back when Lars Aldrich, the drummer from the heavy metal band Metallica, almost single-handedly destroyed Napster. Napster was a free music streaming app that you could download your favorite tunes from for free. And I did it. I'm guilty, and I can see where they're coming from. You know, we made this music, we're entitled to some money for it. But again, how much is enough? You know, did they really need that much money? And we can go on with all kinds of stories about how people fall into a trap of being a slave to money or saying from the 70s, keeping up with the Joneses. A new word I learned about, which I'm ashamed that I didn't know it sooner, is mammon. The origin is Aramaic, mammon, M-A-M-O-N, with, with uh, marks across the A and the O. And then the Greek, mammos, I guess that's mammonus. Finally, the Latin word that we all use now, man, M-A-M-M-O-N which means wealth as an in, evil influence of false object of worship and devotion. In other words, dishonest wealth. With that much said earlier in this sermon, I'd like to take a moment for everyone to realize that I'm not pointing fingers or criticizing anyone's values. It's not up to me to judge, just pointing out pure facts that we all know about today's society. Now, I'll get started with this reading. I noticed that in all the commentaries that I looked through, the first statement in every one of them, this is the hardest sermon to take on. And we know a few clergy that might have dodged that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what they said? They said, give it to the new guy. <laughs> well, sorry, I can't run from it. I'll take it off. Uh, again, at face value, it doesn't say where Jesus is. But, you know, we know where he's headed. Jesus is teaching his disciples, which would mean it was more than just 12 apostles. And was there a crowd? 
it says there was a rich man. And I realize that one of Luke's focal points in his gospel is on wealth as a negative attribute that is displeasing to God. But back in those days, society viewed wealth as a reward from God. And those without riches and earthly possessions had offended God. So they had nothing except poverty, disease, and afflictions. Now we all know today that is totally against the teachings of Jesus. I learned, you know, a while back when I started this process, never to take a reading at face value. You have to go before the text and behind the text to get the full meaning sometimes of what the gospel is trying to tell us. Today is no different. If you look at Luke 15 before this one and 16, you have the Pharisees and tax collectors. Well, both have mammon. Both have dishonest wealth. Then it jumps into the prodigal son. So now we have a family with money and one son squanders, which we just heard that word, squander his wealth. Then in Luke 16, 14, the very sentence after our gospel today, the next sentence says, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all of this that was going on. So guess what? They were there hearing Jesus again. When weren't they there? So we are just surrounded by dishonest wealth today. So as I said earlier, Luke cuts loose on wealth being wrongly used. He clearly uses the word rich man, never a rich woman. I guess that's not really surprising for those days. I do need to make one thing perfectly clear on this sermon and any sermon dealing with wealth. Jesus never said it is wrong or bad to have money. If, in quotation marks, capitalized, if it's used in the ways that God intended to help one another. Always remember, you cannot serve God and wealth at the same time. So now we have the rich owner who's calling for his manager. And some of us, including myself, know that dreaded call that we've heard before, the call that makes us cringe and wondering, oh no, what have I done now? I read in today's readings that the rich owner could be a metaphor for being God and we the manager and that the manager owns nothing just like us. Just like the manager, we are entrusted and are the stewards of God's creation. We know because God has given us free will and we are capable of using these gifts wrongly, not for the greater good of God and man. We should never think that it is just money as mammon that we can squander, but things like our talents, abilities, education, social status, physical power, and military power. 
We could add to this list all day long, but you know what I'm saying? They're all gifts from God that we can squander that we were meant to use to help our sisters and brothers, to help those who do not have the means or the attributes to help themselves. In the 21st century, what do we call it? Outreach programs. I prefer to call it loving and caring for our fellow human beings through the teachings of our master. Personal story, I squandered my education. I realized it back in 1984. I had an incentive flight at Jeff Fighter. It's a reward for exceptional performance. And you all know that's the way I roll. So anyways, I already knew how to fly. I've had hours on flight simulators and it was my airplane, so I knew how to fly. And I was given the opportunity to get up there and tear it up. And when I was done, the pilot told me, Shane, you didn't finish your education. You would have made a great pilot. I'm going, oh, you know, I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> because now I got to live with that fact that I wasted the opportunity to do what? Party, have a good time, thinking I was doing something important in life. I will tell you something else that just drives me crazy. And upsets me to know all men. That is well-known individuals of film and sports that use their fame for evil in promoting online gambling. Point blank. I feel that they have sold their souls to Satan and they're trying to drag everyone down with them. My guitar player's daughter is a recovering gambling addict and it affects her. It's like waving a bag of drugs in front of a drug addict. I will get off my high horse now, but it does rile me up and want to, you know, talk to me about it because they and not I will have to answer to God for their dishonest wealth one day. Now, back to our scheduled program. <laughs> this reading is many does not explain everything that we want. Like, cannot be my manager anymore, but turns around and commends a dishonest manager. Well, was he forgiven? Was he fired? Did he give back his ill-gotten wealth? Why didn't the manager defend himself unless he already knew he was only going to dig himself in deeper? Sorry, I can't really answer those questions. I know I'm old, not that old, and I can only speculate those things. Obviously, this manager is guilty of cheating his master and his master's debtors. So he calls them together, and because his nose is their ears and a ringer, he's going to correct the wrongs he committed. So let's talk a minute about Divine Economics 101. I stole that uh, saying in a commentary. I'm proud of that. I'm, I, I like that. <laughs> I read that Jews or Hebrews could not charge interest to another Jew or Hebrew. So what's going on here in this reading? Were they Gentiles? I'm not, I'd like a loan like that, no interest. Ain't going to happen, but I could like it. 
So he cuts the payment between 20 to 50%. That sort of tells me he was either a lousy manager or a big time scam artist. We just don't know for sure. I'm betting he didn't use it like the disciples would have and should have used it, given it to the needy. In any given scenario, either 2,000 years ago or two years ago, this is a substantial amount. If we were in a position like the manager, we might be a bit worried too. Is this repentance or covering his derriere? Because you, we know he didn't want to work. And I'm sure he didn't want to go sit in town square begging for alms. Then we get into some crazy words. It took me a while. Children of the age, children of the light. Like I said, it took me a minute, but I could figure it out. The children of the age are non-believers who are more aware of earthly possessions and mammon. The children of the light are believers who in many cases can be naive of mammon or the life one has to live to obtain these ill-gotten things. Being children of the light leaves us with the responsibility of leaving those from the age to find grace and true love of our master, not dishonest wealth. Now, we get another mouthful of words. Verses 10 through 13. It was confusing to me at first, but I finally got a handle on it. You can't be faithful a little. Faithful is faithful. You can't gut, cut God short on this and think that God's going to be happy with your actions. Faithful comes in all sizes, big and little things we, that we do. If you're sweeping the floors, be the best floor sweeper in the company. Do not praise, look for praise or money, but for self-awareness of our commitment to God. Also, unfaithful is unfaithful, period. No exceptions. There's no way you can say, I'll be faithful today, but tomorrow, man, I don't know. That's another story. It just doesn't work that way. And we know it. But as Jesus told us many times, to follow him would not be an easy road to follow. That is why sometimes that it's unfaithful. You can't be trusted. And if you can't be trusted, how are you going to be trusted with others' stuff? It ain't going to happen. Always remember that we can repent and God will forgive us because God's love for us is beyond our understanding. So the point of this story, we cannot serve two masters at the same time. It's like asking us to swim upstream and downstream at the same time, or climb up a mountain or down a mountain at the same time. It can't be done. We must choose one or the other. I've seen in my lifetime that just maybe Satan is as strong as he's ever been. He comes at us through our money, through our earthly possessions, and through our freedom of choice. We have to think, what would Jesus do? 
So now my philosophy on life is, which I learned from a, a great senior chief mass sergeant that I served under in the Air Force. If it's to be, it's up to me. So again, I'll ask you, is it show me the money or show me the way to the life? Thanks so much for listening. And may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.